Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Wednesday, September the 14th, 2022, and um, we are walking our way through the uh, the Psalter, the book of Psalms, uh, on Psalm chapter 10. We'll probably do this. We'll continue reading the Psalms till we get to Advent. We'll probably shift it up when we get to the season of Advent, which uh, won't be until after Thanksgiving. Um, but until then, we'll just continue uh, tracking along through the Psalms and reading uh, daily readings from C.S. Lewis from a book entitled, entitled A Year with C.S. Lewis. Daily readings from his classic works is the subtitle. Yeah. Um, also, I just saw here in Tampa that uh, on October first and second, there's a uh, there's a C.S. C.S. Lewis show at the Strauss Center. Um, yeah, just popped up on my news feed. It's just like two shows on October first and second uh, at the Strauss Center. C.S. Lewis. Something, uh, yes, yeah, I think it's kind of like a, a, a dramatic monologue type deal. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. I made that part up. I'm just guessing. But yeah, that'd be really cool to see. Um, but anyway, all right. I did also mention the movie about C.S. Lewis, uh, the recent, uh, the most recent that I'm aware of, uh, kind of documentary on his life uh, was called. Uh, the most reluctant convert, the most reluctant convert about C.S. Lewis. That was good. We watched that over the weekend. It's been out for a few years, I think. I think it came out in 2020 or 2021. Um, so, yeah. But there's a bunch of them out there. Um, yeah. All right, you guys. Let's um, let's jump in. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome, everyone. And... Um, Let's see what uh, what God has to say to us through his word in beginning in Psalm chapter 10. Why, Lord, do you stand far off? Hmm. Ever feel like that? Like, God, why are you not? Why can't I sense your presence? Why do you seem so far away? Why do you see so distant? Yeah. We've, uh, I think we all, you know, in our spiritual lives, we go through that. We go through those seasons of feeling distant from the from God. That's what the psalm writer's saying. That's what he's expressing. Why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Mm. So, like sometimes you're going through a struggle and like things get hard. It's like the more the harder they get, the less you feel the presence of God. Yeah, that happens. That's what the psalm writer is expressing. In his arrogance, the wicked man haunt, uh, hunts down the weak. In his arrogance, the wicked man hunts down the weak who are caught in the schemes he devises. So uh, here the uh, psalm writer is uh, feeling the pain of those who um, are weak. Presumably, probably himself. 
Why do I always get caught in the traps of the of the arrogant? Why am I on the uh, always on the short end of the stick? Why am I always the one that uh, doesn't succeed? Why is it, why does it you know why the why do the wicked prosper? Why do bad things happen to good people? Uh, and what I think the reading today from C.S. Lewis is out of his book entitled "The Problem of Pain." which is all about that issue. It's all about that issue of uh, believing in God when there is so much evil in the world. The Problem of Pain is one of the, my favorite books by C.S. Lewis. Really, really interesting. But anyway, but that's it, it, in Psalm 10, it's, 10 is kind of expressing that, that uh, experience. He boasts, that is the arrogant, boasts about the cravings of his heart. He blesses the greedy and reviles the Lord. You got the greedy dude. He he doing nothing but blessing other greedy people and um, denying the Lord. Reviles the Lord, speaks against him, mocks him. Verse four: In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there's no room for God. Wicked person, there's no. He's not. He's not giving any glory to God. He's not seeking to honor God in any way, shape, or form. His ways are always prosperous. In spite of his wickedness, his ways are always prosperous. Your laws are rejected by him. He sneers at all his enemies. Hmm. He says to himself, nothing will ever shake me. He swears no one will ever harm me. So, man, you get the picture that he's painting here of the, uh, of the, of the uh, ungodly person. Uh, who is always prospering, doesn't care anything about the laws of God, doesn't care about anything about anyone else other than himself, and uh, doesn't give two cents for what God has to say about anything, uh, doesn't care two cents for God's people, and yet he prospers. Why? Why, God, why are, why are you allowing this? How do you, uh, why are you so far off? And then the psalm writer is saying, and, and I, on the other hand, being the righteous and good person that I am. <laughs> um, but at least I'm trying, you know, at least I'm trying, at least I'm giving it a shot. I'm trying to please you. I'm trying to live this life that would glorify you. And nothing seems to go right for me. And the arrogant person who seems to be opposed to you is just beating me down, man. It's beating me down. Why is it? Why is it this way? Verse 7. His mouth is full of lies and threats, that is the evil person, and trouble and evil are under his tongue. He lies in wait near the villages. From ambush, he murders the innocent. He'd be a little extreme right now. He's a little hyperbole, you know, just a little hyperbole. He's uh, just full of death and destruction, though. His eyes watch in secret for victims, like a lion in cover, he lies in wait. He lies in wait to catch the helpless. He catches the helpless and drags them off in his net. So you got these people, they're just not good people. Why are they doing so well in life? His victims are crushed, they collapse, they fall under his strength. He says to himself, God will never notice. He covers his face and never sees. Hmm. So the wicked says, God doesn't see, God doesn't care. God's never going to get me for this. He don't care. He's never going to intervene in all my wickedness. Hmm. 
That's what he's that's what the psalm writer is expressing. But God just covers his face and he's not interested. He's not he's not um uh, any in any sense intricately involved in the affairs of humanity. He's distant. Hmm. He, how many of you know the psalm writer right here? He's in a low place, man. He's and he's frustrated. He's frustrated. Uh, and we, you know, we've all been there. Maybe, maybe for ourselves, or maybe someone in our lives that we see who is trying to do the right thing. It seems to be trying to live a godly life, trying to put their house in order, as it were, and just keep getting hammered, right? Just keep getting knocked down. And and you think, man, what what is the deal? Across the street, there's a there's a dude over there. He don't care too none. Don't care nothing about God. Getting the promotions, getting better situations in life. He's full of health and strength. And you think, what, what is going on? Verse 12. Arise, Lord, lift up your hand, O God. So he's praying now. God, he's, he's kind of painted the situation. Now he's praying, God, arise, stand up, execute judgment, make it right. Arise, Lord, lift your hand, O God. Do not forget the helpless. Why does the wicked man revile God? Why does he say to himself, he won't call me to account? Why does he say that? But you, God, see the trouble of the afflicted. You consider their grief and take it in hand. The psalm writer here is now saying, no, no, no. Um, God, you do see. you um you do consider the grief of the afflicted. You consider their grief, you take it in hand. Man, that's good to work. That's a good word for you today. Maybe you are facing some grief and some discouragement. Uh know that God takes it in hand. He's with you. He understands. He takes it into account. He understands what you're going through. He's with you. He sees your affliction. He sees your trouble. <laughs> verse 15. Uh, verse 15. He, he shifts gears a little bit right here. Verse 15. He may just mad. He just he just peaced. He PO'd right here. Verse 15. Break the arm of the wicked man. Right? Like, <laughs> you know, sometimes you're just tired of being nice. I'm just tired of being nice, y'all. Lord, could you just break his arm? I mean, obviously, he's expressing anger and frustration, uh, but he's also expressing, like, um, stop, uh, disrupt his ability to do evil, right? So the break his arm is not just, like, literally break his arm, but arm is, is analogous to the ways in which they do evil, right? So break his arm is also a way of saying disrupt the ways in which they do evil. Stop it. Stop what... Stop it so that they can no longer do evil. Break their the arm of the wicked. And so call the evildoer to account for his wickedness. That uh that would otherwise not be found out. So call them into account. Break their arm, disrupt their plans, um, and 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 uh, and out them. Yeah. Verse 16. The Lord is king forever and ever. He is. 
The nations will perish from his hand. You, Lord, hear the desires of the afflicted. He does. He hears the desires of the afflicted. You encourage them, and you listen to their cry. Defending the fatherless and the oppressed so that mere earthly mortals will never strike again. Wow. He defends the fatherless. It's amazing. You know, you just stop and kind of step back and think that the God of the universe, the creator of everything that is, is one who defends the fatherless and the widow and the orphan. Yeah. The God of the universe, the supreme uh, being over everything, reveals himself to human uh, beings, reveals himself to us as the God who hears the cries of the afflicted and defends the fatherless and the oppressed. Wow. It's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. You think it's the, uh, you know, the, the worldly way of thinking is that a God of power and might and strength and omnipotence would be the God on the side of the powerful, because he himself is powerful. The God, the God of power and might and strength and uh, authority would be on the side of those who have also authority and power and earthly uh, strength. But no, it's not what it says. It's not how God reveals himself. It's not who God is. God is on the side, other side. <laughs> the God of all power and strength and might and wisdom is on the other side. He's on the side of those who are hurt, oppressed, broken, downtrodden. That's, that's the side he's on. Hmm. God is the God of the underdog, man, basically. Yeah. All right, let's see what C.S. Lewis has to say in uh, on today's reading. It's uh, The excerpt is called, Is It Really Kindness? Is It Really Kindness? September 14th. Um, welcome, everybody. So glad to have everybody on today as we uh, dive into uh, Professor Lewis's work here. Let's see what he has to say. And see if there's any uh, any uh, segue into what we just read. I don't know. Could be. I think so. I mean, if it's the problem of pain, I'm just guessing. I've not read this yet because this is unscripted. You know that. Bible study podcast is unscripted, unrehearsed. We just read it and go. And sometimes it don't take too long to tell that. <laughs> You're like, yeah, we kind of noticed that, Brother Roland. Well, we noticed that, Brother Roland. Yeah, he's kind of winging it, aren't you? Yeah, well, yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> but we have fun doing it anyway. All right, so uh, here it is. Let's see. For about a hundred years, we have so concentrated on one of the virtues, kindness or mercy, that most of us do not feel anything except kindness to be really good or anything but cruelty to be really bad. Okay. So C.S. Lewis is writing in the mid uh 1900, 20th century, so, you know, 1940s. Um, C.S. Lewis was in World War, World War I, but he uh, wrote and uh, did a radio show, um, interestingly enough, around uh, Civil, or not, Civil War, wow, uh, World War II era. Um, so he lived through that. Um, I think he died in the 60s. And so when he talks about 100 years, for the last 100 years, so he's saying from the 1850s to the 1950s, 
says, um, for about a hundred years, we have been so concerned or so concentrated on the virtue of kindness or mercy that most of us do not feel anything except kindness to be really good or anything but cruelty to be really, really bad. So we focus so much on kindness that that's basically we, we boiled every kind of virtue down to just two things, the, the good vir virtue of kindness and the bad virtue of cruelty. So everything is kindness or cruelty. And man, we, we eh, that's not so different than today. Everything is, you're mean. That's almost the worst thing you can say about someone today. You're mean. Huh? No, I'm not. You're mean. And then we've uh, we've elevated the virtue of kindness. Uh, I talked a little bit about that Sunday, not really directly on this, but you know, <laughs> you know, Jesus' mission, Jesus' final, his great commission to the church was on, "Hey, you guys, go be kind." Now, should we be kind? Of course, but that's not no. Go and bring the good news of the gospel, bring the message of salvation, and the message of salvation is. Repent and believe the good news. So anyway. But anyway, C.S. Lewis says we've boiled everything down to just these two things. On one side, kindness. On the other side, cruelty. Um, such lopsided ethical developments are not uncommon, and other ages, too, have had their pet virtues and curious insensibilities. <laughs> Every culture has their pet virtues. Oh man, isn't that true today? Like there's so much virtue signal signaling. Like you have to look, you have to look like you care. Like if you look uncaring, you're bad. I mean, if you don't have a wristband on and if you don't change your uh your profile pic to you know whatever's going on in the culture, then you're uncaring. <laughs> So we have the our pet virtues today. You could probably maybe if you just had if you were journaling right now, you could probably sit down right now. What are the pet virtues today? Like the virtues that are just um just there's the pet virtues. Tolerance, a certain form a certain form of tolerance is a pet virtue. Um for sure. And if one Virtue must be cultivated at the expense of all the rest. So if you, if, you, if you elevate one virtue above all the rest, none has a higher claim than mercy. So he's saying if you have to elevate one, one virtue, you got to look at mercy. Mercy's got to be at least uh, in there for the running. <laughs> if you're going to have your hierarchy of virtues, you got you to give a nod to mercy. I mean, mercy got to be in the, at least in the conversation. For every Christian must re reject with de uh, with detestation that covert propaganda for cruelty, which tries to drive mercy out of the world by calling it names, such as humanitarianism and sentimentality. So um, you know, people try to call mercy these all all these other things: humanitarianism, uh, sentimentality. You know, just trying to put these derogatory terms on them. But you got to say mercy is a good thing. But mercy is, mercy is different than just kindness. Mercy is actually giving something of yourself, right? Mercy is like extending uh, when you could exert some 
or expect some sort of punishment or retaliation or retribution, but showing mercy, um, ex- um, extracts something from us. It costs us something. The real trouble is that kindness is a quality fatally easy to, att- uh, to attribute to ourselves on quite inadequate grounds. I love C.S. Lewis's language here. We, 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 you could pretty much slap kindness on anything. I mean, we, and we often just slap kindness on ourselves. We're so kind, are we? He's like, we can slap that label on anything and then without any really adequate um, grounds by which to validate that claim. Well, I'm just kind. I've seen some mean old rascals, and they're like, oh, but when you're introduced to them or you're told, told about, oh, they're not, they're just kind, he's kind, really kind. Oh, based on what? <laughs> based on what? Everyone feels benevolent if nothing happens to be annoying him at the moment. <laughs> oh, everyone's kind as long as nothing you're doing is bothering me. Thus, a man easily comes to console himself for all his other vices by a conviction that his, quote, heart is in the right place. Mm. Or he, quote, wouldn't hurt a fly, though in fact he has never made the slightest sacrifice for a fellow creature. Wow. Wow. Man, C.S. Lewis is saying, look, here, here's, here's the craziness. We call people kind based on what sometimes? We basically call them kind, but the truth is, uh, you know, we, we, we um, based on this, based on the fact that we can say something like this, his heart is in the right place. Well, he mean as heck. Oh, but his heart is in the right place. He just, he just ripped that guy a new one over there. Oh, yeah, but his heart in the right place. <laughs> he, just, he just gossiped for three hours about someone. Oh, but his heart's in the right place. Really? Or he wouldn't hurt a flea. What do you mean by that? Like you, he wouldn't like, you know, blow up his car? Well, that's good. But he also, he just blew up his character with what he had to say. Yeah. Just because he's not physically violent doesn't mean that he's, quote, kind, unquote. Yeah. I mean, that's a good conviction for us, right? Like, it's not just our about our intentions. I mean, intentions are important, but it also is about what you actually do. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> not hurting a flea is not the same as helping your brother. Right? Like, just because you won't hurt anyone, that's not the same thing as being kind. <laughs> being kind or being merciful is an action <laughs> that is defined by acts of mercy. Not hurting a flea is not merciful. <laughs> that's that's just he he too lazy to get up and do anything. Even something that's wrong, he too busy too lazy to do it. Oh man, he wouldn't hurt a flea. Um, that's what. Let me read that C.S. Lewis line again. Thus, a man easily comes to console himself for all his other vices by conviction that his quote heart's in the right place, and he wouldn't hurt a fly. Though, in fact, he has never made the slightest sacrifice for a fellow creature. We think we are kind when we are only happy. It is not so easy, on the same grounds, to imagine oneself temperate, chaste, or humble. 
Hmm. Wow. So what about these other virtues of, of temperate, being temperate, being chaste, being humble? That's awesome. Awesome stuff. Wow, that's a great challenge for us to uh, to do acts of righteousness, right? Jesus talked a lot about that. That it's not just believing in acts of righteousness, not just believing in the virtues of certain behaviors uh, and certain things, but to actually do them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If he, he wouldn't kill a flea, yeah, that is merciful to a flea, I guess. <laughs> that's about it. Uh, but yeah, to do acts of righteousness, to sh extend mercy, um, to extend generosity, um, to be temperate, uh, to show charity. Um, yeah, it's a great challenge for us. So, all right, you guys, thanks for being on today. Let's uh, let's pray. You know, we do. We read, we pray, we change the world. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you for uh, teaching us through it. Thank you for being for the honesty of your word and expressing. Um, just the, the inequalities in the world and how it is frustrating and sometimes even disillusioning. Is that a word? <laughs> it disillusions us. Um, but God, thank you for giving us clarity and bringing us back to the reality that you do see. You are just. You are righteous. And, uh, and nothing passes uh, by you. You see it all. Lord, help us to be people who not only speak of acts of kindness, but actually uh, do them. Uh, and let us do that today. Lord, may you bless my friends today. May you encourage them and strengthen them. Let them know how much you love them and care for them. May you bless them real good today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you today. Have a great day. Hope you have a uh, good Wednesday, this middle of the week. Uh, tonight, we start all of our, a lot, well, we've already started this week, but tonight, a lot of our uh, small groups start up. So we are excited about that as we were going through the book of Acts. And so we have uh, 20 to 25 different small groups meeting different nights of the week. And so I hope you're in a small group. If you're a part of Bayside community, I hope you're in a, um, hope you're in a small group and uh, spending some time diving into God's word in community. It's important. And so, yeah, so we'll be leading a group tonight at the church. There's church going to be packed tonight, man. There's a lot of people doing groups at church, primarily for the health, for the, for the, for the health care, for the child care. Um, but we'll be there tonight. So, all right, you guys have a fantastic week. Thank you guys on the podcast. I uh, hope you uh, hope you have a great day. Thanks for sharing this, liking this, subscribing to it, sending a comment, all those things. We really appreciate that. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.